Welcome to Do I Need Therapy? Get ready to receive valuable mental health tips and enjoy open conversations about life and love and when you need to ask for help. Let's reduce the stigma. I'm your host, Dr. April Landell, your go-to therapist for today's modern day. My guest experts and I are here to inspire you along your mental health journey and remind you, you are not alone. Hey family, thanks so much for listening and reviewing the show. Quick shout out to Gator Family 22. They wrote, Dr. April's voice alone is very calming. And then when you listen to all the great information, she knows it's very helpful. So much fun. Thanks so much, Gator Family 22. I really do appreciate that. Also to Marissa Iman, I love how approachable Dr. Andel makes this show. I've had many bad therapy experiences, LOL, but I think if I had found this before my journey to finding help, I would have been much better equipped. Plus, she is so darn charismatic, you can't help but love listening. <laughs> Thanks, Marissa. So appreciate that. So remember, family, just go to Apple Podcasts, go to the show page where you see my picture, then scroll down to the stars, put in your star rating, and then submit your written review. Maybe I'll pick yours for reading next episode. You are in for a treat today. Our special guest, Andrea Phillips, and I have known each other for years. She is a kindred spirit, a sister, a dear, dear, dear friend, and colleague of mine. So we talk and laugh a bit more in this show because that's just kind of what we do every single time we get together. Andrea, you there? I am. <laughs> Wonderful. So I'm going to introduce you. You are a wife, a mother, a great friend, awesome colleague, and a family therapist. You're located in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So family, Andrea specializes in blending families, you know, step families, adoptive families, foster families, and all their relatives, all their circles around them. So she specializes with this particular population. She also operates to support families with marriage and parenting, life transitions, and just being a person in the family of color in the world today, a really, really big conversation. Additionally, she provides premarital counseling and serves those that are experiencing family conflicts, crisis, unresolved trauma, and more. She practices from an empathetic, non-judgmental lens and really provides a trusting therapeutic space where laughter is as common as tears. We are so happy to have you. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really feel so honored. I am so glad to have you. So let's just jump right into it because you have a really unique specialty out there in the field. And we have so many of those families out there in the world you know, in today's society, a lot of step families, you know, families that have come together through marriage. And actually, there's more than that now, you know, inside of today's world. So all of that is really changing. And it provides the fact that our families are now very unique and different. And actually, you have a unique philosophy on step families. Would you please share with us just a little bit more about that? I'd be happy to. So I believe that blended families are actually blending this is a continuous process. So when I refer to blended families, like you just said, I mm-hmm. talk about step families, which is usually what comes to mind when people hear mm-hmm. about blended families. But then there's also the foster families, adoptive families, and kinship families. What exactly is a kinship family? Kinship families are those that are when our relative adopts or our relative is taking care of a child that they didn't birth. Oh, okay. Yeah. We know a lot of those for sure. And lots of kinship families. Can you give a quick example of a kinship family? Sure. So oftentimes I'm working with international families. There'll be a family 
that's already in the States that will bring over a, their cousin while their parents are still in their home country, mm. sending money and so forth, but they're being raised by their older cousin or aunt or so forth. Oh, yeah. Um, other times when a, a, a parent is incarcerated, for instance, mm. then if possible, we look for a, a family member to take care of them. And so that would be another form of kingship. Okay, family. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so family, you, you know about this, but yes, kinship families. And I can think of, you know, the fact that I had several family members, you know, the parents were working a lot. So they ended up, you know, being raised by their grandmothers, you know, instead. Mm-hmm. More specifically, I can think of perhaps that's another example. Definitely. And that's probably more popular. Mm, the gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I understand mm-hmm. that because I was raised with my mother, but I also had a moment where I was raised with my auntie as well. And she came, became like a second mother to me. So definitely got that. Okay. So just, just wanting to give the vocabulary. And I realize that you're talking step families, but you said blended families, and then you actually said blending families. And I thought that was really, really unique. Cause I remember you talk about that instances of families out there in the world beyond just marriage, right? The adopted, Mm -hmm. the foster, the kinship, but you also added in the aspect of blending families. And I just, Mm -hmm. I really, really like that. Yes. So with blending, what I'm highlighting is that it's an ongoing process, the ing, right? With the ed ending, it sounds like there's a time where we come to a aha moment Mm. and this good and we don't have to work anymore Mm. we've got we've arrived and truth be told there isn't that there's always a transition there's always a thing to work through not that it's an uphill battle just that it has its ups and downs just like any other journey and it's a continuous journey that is phenomenal I absolutely love that it can build you and shape you and teach you things about yourself that you would not know in any other space you're right. When you, when people use the very popular term of blended, it's kind of final. Like you you would reach a point where, okay, we've officially blended now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not quite right because it's, it's a family involves different people. Everybody's going through their own thing. So the dynamics are constantly changing. So you're sending change it from blended to blending. Yes. And I have to say that the, for me, it came from a conversation that I was having with a stepmom who happens mm. to be a close friend of mine. And as we're talking, that was one of her pet peeves that that blended. And she just spoke so passionately about blended mm-hmm. versus blending that I adopted it into my practice. Oh, I love it. Well, bless that conversation. <laughs> you know, family, where we've had those conversations where the light bulb goes off and all of a sudden it's just we see something in a completely different perspective and it changes everything. It changes everything because I remember when you started using that term, I remember when you started going forward, knowing that that was your particular specialty and your gift to the world and you have not stopped since <laughs> it changed everything, <laughs> didn't it? Yes, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad that we have, you know, just like a little bit of premise just to kind of understand a little bit more of, you know, where you're coming from, where you teach and, and how that is so close to how many of us have been raised. And I was just curious, any personal experience with this? Certainly. So I am a member of a, um, a blending family. I, I lived with my mother, my birth mother, in Jamaica. 
and then mm-hmm. came to the States with my dad and bonus mom as a child. Mm-hmm. And so first half of child rearing was in Jamaica with my mom and then the second half up here and is definitely an interesting way of being raised. I, okay, two questions, because I heard you say bonus mom. <laughs> that is really cute. I've never heard of that term before. Can you please explain that? Because we may have to make like a terminology for that too. I love bonus mom. <laughs> Do so. so, you know, when you hear stepmom, it's just such a negative connotation to it. And there are some stepmoms who are, it just not, it does not settle well with them. They do, do not mm-hmm. want to be known as a stepmom and so forth. Cause then, then they have to work through this other wall of proving mm-hmm. themselves of not being the evil stepmother. Right. Mm-hmm. And my bonus mom was definitely one that felt very passionately about not being known as a stepmom. And in fact, it was mom and mom. <laughs> and you just, <laughs> people just had to figure it out. It's, it's, <laughs> In, in how I was speaking and so forth, which mom I referred to. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up because I actually have never seen or heard that. And I'm actually a therapist. So family, you know, I'm in the therapist, been in the field for years, been working with lots of different families of all kinds of backgrounds. And I didn't even know that. So we're all learning together here <laughs> on the on the show all the time. So thanks for sharing that gem. And you also said that you came from Jamaica and you arrived into basically a new family in the States. When did that happen? How, how old are you? Oh, my sister, my younger sister and I came when, just before I turned 10, 10. just shy of 10. Oh you know? my goodness. You know when you're a child and you're like nine and mm-hmm. three quarters. <laughs> That's so cute. Yes, I do. I do recall. And I, I just, I'm just thinking because my family's Caribbean too. And that is a drastic, drastic change, you know, from Jamaica to the States at such a young age. What was that experience like? I mean, just on its own, as well as along the lines of, you know, it was a new family you were entering into. Yes. I was coming from a single parent household to a two parent household. I was arriving to a place where this guy doesn't have stars, which was one of my mm. biggest shocks. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm. such a thing. I had regular walks with my mom at night mm-hmm. in Jamaica and looking at the sky filled with stars was special to me. So when I came here and did not see stars, that was definitely a shock. Right. Um, Pain for water, pain to drive on the road. <laughs> Those were strange for yeah, me. Dogs yeah. driving in cars mm. or even in houses. I'm used to dogs just being outside. A dog is, belongs outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things so, that were new to me. Everything was flipped on its head <laughs> during yes, that transition. Not having to buy my school books, mm-hmm. no uniforms. Mm-hmm. Very, a big adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um coming home and to a mom instead of a, what we call helpers in Jamaica, but known here as, as maids and so forth. In Jamaica, my mom would still be at work. So I'd be coming home to a helper who was almost part of the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here I was coming home to my bonus mom. Just different things. I will say that first week, my dad was taking us around town, letting all his friends know that his daughters were here. <laughs> and every household, I promise you, gave us Barbies. I've never gotten so many Barbies. You're in kidding. One week. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Beautiful. 
That's a nice little message tree. <laughs> you stop by a house, Hi. get a Barbie. <laughs> okay, so that that may not be the normal, you know, entering into a new family experience. <laughs> but I'm so glad yours was, you know, and I know that it was probably not all sunshine and rainbows along the way. So the challenges that came mm. along with that, I'm sure were a part of it. Am I getting that right? Yes. A lot of things that I advise my families is get get to know what is normal Mm -hmm. um, or regular for your child. So for instance, my sister and I shared a bed in in Jamaica. And then when we came and we were told this is our room, there are two twin beds, Mm -hmm. um, but we still slept together in one bed or another. Then there are foods, different foods, right? So for instance, my dad took me to McDonald's and I ordered a fish fish sandwich, but I've never heard of tartar sauce or seen fish battered. I'm used to, when I ask for a fish, it looks just like pull out of the sea. You get the head and tail (laughs) and everything. So food was very different. Spelling is different. So Mm -hmm. yes, learning the different things from your child is very helpful with transition. That's a great point. So, you know, let's transition over and thank you so much for sharing your personal journey into your own experience. I, I'm sure that we could talk about this all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you would share, you know, but let's get back to the family and figure out how we can help them, you know, inside of their mm-hmm. own blending families. And what are the questions that you ask whenever you are counseling a blending family? When I'm counseling a blended family, I like to know what is the journey? What brought you to becoming this family? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ask, what are the norms? Is there visitation? Are they are this child going back and forth from different homes? Mm-hmm. And then who else informs the family decisions, right? Is grandma very involved and very take on? Mm-hmm. Is... Is there another voice that's stronger who's not in the room that we should consider? So definitely that. But family traditions is Those definitely something I try to mm-hmm. gain a picture of. Okay, so so mm-hmm. whose idea was it to start therapy? Who else is outside of of the room? Like who else is involved with family decisions, things like that? So Yes, and influences family. Right. And I know that happens a lot with therapists and counselors. You know, we advise whenever we're doing family therapy and everybody who can come, please do come to participate, but not everybody can be there. Sometimes somebody's working, sometimes somebody is in an entire different country because of circumstances of the family. So that's important to ask and to make sure that your therapist is understanding towards, you know, by you get providing that information. And I also like your other question of what are the family traditions? That's really very important. And, and you know, what is the norm mm-hmm. inside of every single family? So that's lovely. And then after that, after those two things, I'd like to gauge what is your relationship to therapy? Are you a newbie or have you done this before? Are you coming in here, but rolling your eyes, even though you have a smile on your face? What is your relationship to therapy? And I try to get that from each of the family members. Okay, great. Those are excellent questions. And then, and to even back it up just a little bit more, what's the main issue when blending family clients actually come to find you? So when clients find me, the number one thing that I hear is his or her grades are slipping. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that seems to get the attention. Okay, right. I certainly can understand that. I had a practicum inside of a school system for several years 
and I worked with usually the, you know, troubled kids and, and family. I am quoting <laughs> with my fingers, troubled kids, because a lot of the times it was literally the academic performance was changing and it was not okay. It wasn't kosher. So they would be flagged or dinged by the teacher, the um, enrichment counselor, or the parents themselves. You know, this is not okay. You know, they're lazy, they're whatever. And, you know, there's so much into that process of why that's happening. So you're saying that that's one of the things that brings them. You're yes, worried about grades. Yes, that seems to be the, the number one thing I encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely other things are the acting out, the behavioral things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are, when it gets extreme, attempts at suicide or talk of suicide, yeah, yeah. especially if a parent happened to read a diary or so mm-hmm. forth or, or heard from cousin mm-hmm. who heard from aunt who heard from, you know. Absolutely. And that's mm-hmm. terrifying. I can imagine to any parent that is absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually when you hear that as a therapist, we understand that that's just a call. It's a cry for help. And actually, as strange as it may sound, when the child, when you get word of that, or the child is telling you this, that actually is a good thing Mm -hmm. because they're telling you that is literally their process of asking for help, for telling you that they need support. It's not that they've gone and they've made the plan and they're going to do it. So you end up in a situation that no parent ever imagines without any warning, you know? So whenever you get that piece of information, it's really important that you immediately understand that it's your child asking for help. And that's actually, you know, (laughs) it's going to be terrifying. (laughs) It's going to be absolutely terrifying, but it's also something that you're like, okay, this is something we can grasp onto. And then you just get your child to help. So Understood. I just I just took that one and ran with it, if you don't mind, because <laughs> it's such a big one. Do what feels natural for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So these are really big issues that you're talking about. So the kids acting out, the grades dropping, which is like the translation of, okay, this they're not doing well. They're not focusing. You know, something is wrong. Then you're saying the behaviors, I'm guessing fighting, you know, if there's any isolation or passive behavior where they don't care, they're not motivated, things like that. And in my experience, that's what it is. It's more passive than aggressive Mm, or mm -hmm. active. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is like when the kids end up, you know, the grade slip, perhaps they're not working hard on that. They're not, you know, doing their chores. They're sleeping all day. Yes. Or they have less friends or they talk about, they don't have any friends Mm-hmm. Um, they are, mm-hmm. they prefer to be in their room. They come in and go straight to their room, mm-hmm. um, things like they're that. They're not engaging. So mm-hmm. They're not engaging. So of course, a lot of this is weeding out what's age appropriate as children transition from different stages mm-hmm. and, and then what is, what is telling of what's happening, mm-hmm. what they're going through. Right. So let's go back there. So it's telling about what could be happening actually inside of the family unit itself the dynamics that may or may not be working. I'm imagining also disagreement with parents, you know, or parents fighting yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Split loyalties, you know, mm-hmm. um, child transitioning from home to home will find it uh, difficult, especially when parents put on their smiles, they can feel that the parents really don't get along. Mm-hmm. Then they, and then they hear the little remarks that, 
outside family members make and so forth about things that cause the family to split or cause this the, their current arrangement that influenced the current arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that affects the child, that affects their worldview, that affects who is that, what does that make me, who am I, that affects their identity. Right. And then, you know, do I feel safe? Do I feel comfortable? Am I welcome? Do I feel loved at home as well as the safety, the security as well? I don't think people really truly understand until it gets to like these kinds of levels, but our children are so very receptive. Yes. So So incredibly receptive. You can sit there and say, we're fine. Everything's okay but they (laughs) are not buying it. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. They don't buy it so much that they will actually start to feel it and they will turn. They will, they will change. They will edit. They will adapt to those behaviors. And some of those acting out and difficult behaviors that you're finding are them adapting to whatever is happening in the household. So it's, it's doesn't help to lie. It doesn't help to prolong relationships that are not working mm-hmm. you know just for the kids that's a whole other show because they feel it, it they yeah. they really understand what's going on and yes I'm talking like all the way to to mini level you know where they're barely getting out sentences they can still feel it they understand when something is wrong so I just mm-hmm. wanted to share that too yeah. and anything else you know I know there's transitions Oh, another big one is when the parenting, <laughs> parenting styles don't match. Yes. Right? So, um, <laughs> for instance, a child is allowed to shave in one home, but not allowed yet to shave in another home. Mm, Those kind mm. of things. Yeah. Good example. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. That can, that, that, you know, takes some mediation mm-hmm. as we talk about what those differences are and what's, what is the message that we're trying to, to send to the child. Mm-hmm. You know? And then there's also what you touched on, the family secret. Do yeah. tell more. Yes. Such Agreed. as I remember one case where one parent was, one birth parent was incarcerated and the children weren't told what they were incarcerated for. And it was for minor sexual abuse, mm-hmm. uh, sexual abuse on a minor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's nothing minor about sexual abuse <laughs> oh yes understood understood okay. family we understood yes exactly right but mm-hmm. it's sexual abuse on a minor mm-hmm. and and not letting the child know but the child hears the whispers and so when the child is of age and that depends on you know how how they're receiving things you can tell them this is something that they can handle I don't believe there is isn't anything that a child can't handle. There is always a way to teach them how to receive the the information. Mm -hmm. And yes, they're going to be hurt. And yes, we want to protect them for that. But for me, it's not about protecting and shielding children, but arming them. Yes. Arming them with, first of all, information. Information. The truth of that information and then Mm -hmm. teaching them how they're able to cope with that same information, whether the information is good or bad, you know, heavy Mm -hmm. or light. That's what you want to be able to lead your children to, is to be able to handle the truth and figure out ways to cope with it. Yes. And just imagine how empowering that is. I mean, I have to say, just as a a thought that came to mind just now Mm -hmm. is 
when I went to college, when I went to undergrad, I was shocked by people who didn't know how to do things like laundry and so forth <laughs> because it was always done for them, right? It's the same thing with handling emotions. Mm-hmm. We can't always handle the emotions for our, for our children. We have to empower them in handling their emotions on their own. Right. 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 And then I would also add inside of this whole blending conversation is that everybody has a different dynamic. I'm an empath. You know, a lot of us therapists are empaths. So we feel the, the emotion and the energy of other people, whether it's individual or in groups. So the dynamics often change from people to people. And when you have blending families, not only is it that you are working really hard to teach your children how to manage their own emotions, like you just said, but you're also teaching your children to manage other people, other Mm -hmm. energies, other emotions, you know, that's happening from outside of themselves, from, from someone else. And when you're giving them those pieces of like, okay, so listen, your, your new brother, your new mother, your, your new family is kind of like this. They're a little bit different from us. Here is how, how is a, a good process of learning how to communicate with them and talk with them and then how you can manage on inside of that new dynamic. You're teaching them how to deal with different people in the world, which is really important. These are social relational skills and you can't shield them from that either. It's a disservice. It's a, it really it's, is. You know, many of us have scars from shields like that, right, family? You know, you're, you're, a shield is supposed to protect you in sense of harm, danger, but it's not supposed to protect you from growing, from learning, from expanding in being the person you're meant to be and learning how to interact into the world. Does that make sense? Definitely. I'm just thinking. So talking too big, but how about this? We're going to go back because <laughs> I think we can go deeper and deeper into this. But when blending families need therapy, what, what are their next steps? Okay, so those who find me, I'm always curious as to what got you to sit in front of me? What got you there, Mm -hmm. right? And some of the things I'm finding out is word of mouth, of course, Mm -hmm. and different things. I was talking to friends for a while, and then they were like, it's time to talk to a therapist. Mm -hmm. When the friends tell you, Mm -hmm. you need to go to a therapist. Or a referral from a teacher and so forth. And then, of course, there's those who come from different churches. Their pastor has said, okay, okay mm-hmm. this is as far as I can go with you. It's mm-hmm. time to, to, to work with someone else. They've seen another family, a family that, of course, no, there are no two families alike, but a family that kind of mirrors theirs. And they're like, you've worked through this. What was your journey? How did you do that? So, yes, word of mouth mm-hmm. um, okay. from different places. Okay. So word of mouth, you're basically talking to ask your first circles, ask your family, ask your friends around you. Who have you gone to? Have you experienced this? Who have you gone to? What worked? What helped? And hopefully in there, there's a connection to a therapist or a resource or an agency or an organization, a webinar, who who knows, just little (laughs) things that help. So start first with the people that you know. That's a great one. I really like your one about asking at church. A lot of our churches, it depends on the size, but a lot of our churches do have resources. Sometimes they can help and sometimes they can direct you. I also see that people 
love Google, right? <laughs> You're in the age. Mm. So yes, Google is very popular and, and then it tends to lead you towards psychology today or good okay. therapy mm-hmm. or black therapists. Okay, great. Yeah, those are great therapist directories out there. I would also add in there teaching universities in your area. That's where we came from. We were yeah. at a huge teaching university. So in our graduate school, we were able to be trained through the community clinic where we came in as a student therapist with a supervision team. And then people from all around the community were able to come in and um, get affordable services. It would just be with a student therapist. So you can definitely do that in your area. If you know that a university or college has a therapy, a family work, a social work program, a lot of them are attached to community clinics. Ours was the family therapy clinic. And you can go in there and get get an intake where they ask you questions about your family and what you need, and then they connect you to an appointment, essentially. What about for those on Medicaid? Any suggestions there? Well, as I'm in South Florida, I can speak for South Florida. And for those on Medicaid in South Florida, there's 4kids.us. It's good if you're looking for a Mm -hmm. Christian-based Medicaid service. Oh, that's awesome. And And it's the number four kids, right? Yes, the number four. Mm -hmm. Thank you for pointing that out. And then another one with kids is Kids in Distress. Mm -hmm. And then there is Child Services. Just calling child services will will lead you to the different ones, right? Great, absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Those are great South Florida resources. Two one one, the number four kids organization and kids in distress, and then also children's services, and that's actually in every state. So a lot of different states have a children's services. You can Google your state's children's service and and look them up, and oftentimes they're able to connect you to resources that can be of help. Yes. And then once our blending families, family, through all the things that you laid out that they need, you know, support. And then once they find the therapist, it's a little bit different because it's not just individual therapy with one dynamic, it's several, right? Whenever you're in a good family therapy session. So what are your recommendations during that process? First of all, just because for instance, you have the idea, okay, I need to go to therapy. I would like to go to therapy. And I would like my child and my partner to come with me. But your partner's not into it. Still come. Right. You never know. Maybe your partner will come at a later date. Maybe not. However, doing something different will yield something different. If you're continuing on that you're currently on, you probably won't see the change that you're trying to achieve. And always, you know feel free that, you know, if it's the wrong fit, then you just, you talk to that person, right? Mm -hmm. You tell them what's not working. And then if it still doesn't work and you have every right to go and find a new therapist, you can do that. Definitely. Unfortunately, the first person you meet is not going to be your person. It's not going to be your favorite flavor of ice cream, right? (laughs) So definitely try different flavors. Therapists like myself offer a 15 minute consultation on the phone. So Gauge that. Are you jiving with that person? Is the conversation flowing naturally? Did the 15 minutes fly by? Those are good signs that this is someone that you can click with and talk to mm-hmm. and, and work through naturally what you, what you would like to work through. I remember once a long time ago, you spoke about something and you're just saying, make sure that you always speak up about everything. 
everything. And I really like that piece of advice. So is that still with you in regards to recommending blended families, blending families? Yes, especially terminology. Like you said, you said that you're a therapist who work with families and didn't know the word mm-hmm. of bonus mom. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> so if a stepmom comes in and you refer to her as stepmom and then that person never corrects you and says, actually, I prefer this, then you don't know that you're, each time you speak, you're hitting a button, a very powerful button, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So speak up, say, these are the terminologies I prefer. Definitely practice communication, practice opening up because we can't read your mind. And just like how we can't read Mm. your mind, there are other people who you're speaking to cannot read your mind. So this is a good place to Mm -hmm. practice open communication so that you can take that into your relationships, especially your home. Yes, I love that. Oh, that is one for the ages. We cannot read your mind. (laughs) Yes, it is so important to remember you speak up about everything because that is open communication. That's the very definition. So you have your thoughts, you're going a million miles an hour, or you're trying to get something said in the right way, but make sure that you always self-express it because otherwise, you know, the other party may not know. This is your intimate relationships, your boss, your kids, your friends, your family, everything, but especially, especially in therapy. If it's hard for you to say, that usually means that you're supposed to say it in therapy, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yes, love that one. The other thing that I would say and share is with along that same line of thought is make sure that whenever you do begin family therapy, allow your children to speak themselves. Allow them to have their own thoughts, give them the space to say what they need to say. You don't have to speak for them. You don't have to talk over them, especially that. Do not talk over them. They have their own process and they need to be able to self-express. Some of you may be dealing with kids who don't speak up enough. Let the therapist handle that. That's what they're trained to do. So when you're speaking for them or talking for them, it could continue that process where we simply don't know what's happening. The therapist is there and trained to kind of pull it out and you have to give them that opportunity let alone giving your opportunity to your kids to be able to say what's really on their mind. Mm -hmm. Amen, amen, and amen. I mean, why go and read your child's diary when you can speak to them, have that open communication Mm -hmm. and allowing that to be in the room. I remember someone once pointing out that we often are raised to be seen and not heard, right? In the beginning, you're seen and not heard. And then there's supposed to be some magic moment when we start speaking up for ourselves Mm. without any training on how to do that. Mm -hmm. So I invite families, just like how you said, to allow the child to speak and just be in awe of how mature they actually are, how mature their minds are and their words and their feelings are from a six-year-old body, right? <laughs> yes. Quite surprised. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I have had the best sessions where these, these kids, all the way up to the teenagers, oh my goodness, when the teenagers finally open up, it is like magic. It is so Ooh. amazing mm-hmm. when that happens. So just, just you know, take the time, allow the silence. That's another thing that we work with our families a lot. Whenever there's silence inside of that therapy session, it's not a bad thing. It's something that's providing a little bit of extra room and safety for whomever to speak and share what they need to say, you know, eventually open up to self-express. You know, they get there, they get there. So 
Just wanting to recap all the things that you said when a blending family asks, do I need therapy, right? Some of the things that'll help them confirm that is they're transitioning. That's for one, you know, lots of different transitions going on inside the family. There's a little bit of parent discipline disagreement. They may not have the same parenting styles. Yes, Um, definitely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Disagreement inside of... (laughs) There's disagreements in how a child should be raised. Is Mm -hmm. this child ready for a license yet or not? Is this child allowed for sleepovers? Those Mm -hmm. That's a big one, sleepovers. They're hanging out with the wrong friends. Mm -hmm. Are they allowed this cell phone? Those kind of things can be different from household to household. Absolutely. So having those discussions and remembering the common goal is raising a healthy, well-rounded, well-equipped child. Absolutely. And then also you were saying inside of that raising a well, healthy, well-rounded child is that whenever they start appearing to act up, the grades have dropped, they're fighting, they're isolating, they're passive, they're not motivated. Those are also good times to come into therapy as well. Very good. And then parents, if you are fighting like cats and dogs, you need to come in for therapy. Okay. Very, very important. The kids can feel that too, especially inside of blending families, any family, any family can feel that. So we're wrapping up this show. We thank you so much for coming in and helping, you know, share your expertise and share with the family kind of what to look for if they're a blending family, when they actually do need therapy. Family, we hope that was able to provide some answers for you. And we got one final section with our guest expert here. This is just a little, little quick trivia so we can get to know just the tiniest bit more about you and then close on something really interesting. You ready? Real fast. Go. Lightning round. All right. Mac or PC? Mac. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Got the emphasis there. About that one. <laughs> I see. What's your favorite Starbucks order? I would get a tall London fog with a blueberry muffin warmed. Mm, quite nice. Your favorite thing to do in the whole world? Hang out with children. <laughs> yes. I, had, I once had a friend that, that said that, that said, if you can't find her, look for where the children are. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They, they, they do flock to you. You're so spirited and bright. Kids do love you. I have seen it with my own eyes, family. Yep. Okay. And last thing, your favorite quote. So my new favorite quote is one I recently heard from Angela Bassett. And it says, she says, when they tell you that you are angry or nasty, tell them they are mistaken. This is me. This is me being resolute and standing firmly in my truth. Mm, That is a good one. Yeah. And very, very now and present, right? Yes. Standing yes. true and resolute. Mm-hmm. Always at the end of that, I hear the This Is Me song from, oh, what is that movie? The Greatest Showman. <laughs> All right. I like it. Okay. So family, I hope you enjoyed. Thank you again, Andrea, for coming and you know blessing the show with your information. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has <laughs> been a thrill. It has been. And family, you know, we hope that for you and your families and blending families that, you know, this was some helpful information to you going forward and, you know, making a change. If you need help, it's okay to ask for it. And now, you know, some next steps to get you started. Coming. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Do I Need Therapy? If you did, please tell a friend and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuned in. If you're always on Instagram like myself, come check out my page. I've got lots of tips and tricks on life and mental wellness. Ask me your questions. Plus, tell me what's on your mind, even if you need to figure out if you need therapy. And for my Facebookers and all my Twitter peeps and my Pinterest pinners, I'm online there too. In fact, I'm everywhere at April and Dell. Meantime, I can't wait to chat with you again on the next episode. So, till then, peace, love, and mental wellness. Come